Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Here All right, folks. Welcome back to the latest Mountain Swire. Um, not football. I almost said it, Andrew, there. I almost said football. It's a basketball podcast. We've, it's been basketball. a minute. We're here at hoopsmwr.com. And by the time you hear this, there will be media day results, uh, polling and all sorts of stuff out. So if we don't bring that up, well, it's because we recorded it the day before and you get what you get. And we'll talk about that stuff later. So yeah, we suckered them a download because they, they think we're talking media day and we're not yet getting there. <laughs> but what we're doing tonight, Nevada, New Mexico. But before we get to that, what um the schedule's changed now. It is, if I'm correct, 20 games, right? Yes. So they are moving to the 20-game schedule ahead of schedule since, you know, the 20 games was already on the docket to start in the next season or two. Um, but they're up from 18 uh, from the schedule out yeah, a couple weeks ago. Up from 18, and what they're doing is that they're now doing series. Rather than you know the kind of the schedule that which was a little bit more normal. Typical. Yeah. I mean, I think that yeah, that's kind of what, one thing we were saying a lot is like this Mountain West schedule looks pretty normal considering. And why? But, What's the, what do you yeah. there? No, well, no, I weeks now here we in, are. No other stuff. So, what is exactly like? What is, so? What's the what's the series look like? All right, let's uh, let's pop this up. So, it's going to be a twenty game schedule. The it's going to take eleven weeks to do. So Mountain West teams, this is per the uh, the Mountain West release on their website. Mountain West teams will face each other in a two-game series in the same week with a one-day break between contests. So, you know, maybe, I don't know if that's Tuesday, Thursday, if that's going to be Friday, Sunday. You know, I'm not sure what the deal is there. Um, let's see. It doesn't the, look like it specifies. I saw the WAC doing the same thing, but they're doing probably, like I mentioned before, cost-cutting measures or cost-saving, I guess, not cutting. But they're playing back-to-back nights. So they'll play like Utah Valley, Grand Canyon, Tuesday, Wednesday, or whatever day. I don't. They, have, they actually have their dates out, but they play instead of doing the three days for two games, they're playing back to back nights. Yikes! That's <laughs> I mean, that'll produce some pretty fun second games, I'm sure. No kidding. We'll we'll see how that goes. But yeah, with this makes sense too because I shoot, I don't have the. I, see, we should be more prepared. But I did see the end of last week of February, which gives them a buffer week before conference tournaments, which. We'll know more media day. Like we said, media day is coming out, and we'll get more clarification. There's probably the schedule as well. By the time you hear this, will be out too. The betting, yeah. um, they want the extra week for makeup games because, spoiler, games are going to be canceled. Games are going to be postponed, right? right? Like that is 100% going to happen. Look at college football. Every week there's a handful of games that are being moved, canceled, postponed, or 
rescheduled ten years down the road because that's how it is. So I like I do I think do you agree that this is a better move? Because we discussed last time, there's no buffer week. There's basically zero room for error. But now they actually have a little bit of room to shuffle things here and there. Yeah, I think so. Uh, one thing I would one thing I want to point out. I think it's huge to have that that room at the end of the schedule to be able to move. You know that they're if they're ending. At the end of February, you've got a little space if, you know, you do need to shuffle things around or have a more normal tournament, maybe if, I mean, I'm not going to pretend like I think that everything's going to be back to normal in the next, you know, four months. But negative. <laughs> if, if, if we get to the point where thing, you know, the tournaments, conference tournaments, the NCAA tournament are actually able to go off pretty close to as normal, then, you know... You, having that extra time i don't think it's it's going to be a it's not going to be a bad thing you're not going to be mad that you have the extra time hey extra assuming. week off cool prepare rest right. guys who are sick exactly. not sick but injured exactly or coach prep but no uh, so so one thing i was just looking at though is so they don't you know they don't give a specific date they say that the league play will begin in december but if you do the math on it um you're looking at probably the second week of December, I think. If you just count backwards, you know, from the last week of February, because they do specify 11 weeks. And it's four-week so reduction, think, too, it says here. Um, this is reducing see. the regular travel schedule by four weeks to mitigate potential virus exposure. So maybe it's not – we don't know. We'll probably know. So maybe we're just guessing. But I'm betting it could be go a couple weeks, a week off. Maybe there's a week off. Maybe there's more than one week off. I don't know. Because a 10-week season really would be everybody. Why would it be 11 weeks? Well, so, and I think, too, okay, so here's one little wrinkle that it might have to do with the travel schedule part. So the series, each team is going to have five home series and five away series. Well, there's 11 teams, so that makes sense. So each team will have, like, a week off at some point, it looks like, or something like that, right? Yeah, yeah, I mean, they have to. If you're doing those series, right, you one team's not going to be able to play there. I don't think they're going to throw them into like, you know, a bubble and do you know the, a three team little uh, fiesta. But I think the, the way that this reduces travel is that you don't have teams going back and forth between, you know, away game, back home, away game, back home, away game, back home. Um, or, they, you know, yeah. Cause if there was a Saturday schedule, it could be like, for example, air force, just use the three teams in that area in that state by Wyoming too. air force CSU say that's a Thursday game. Air Force goes to Wyoming, CSU goes to Utah State or something. Like, so it's just getting it condensed. So if there is an issue, which we know there will be, but I'll harp on that every time, it'll be less chance to get it to other people, whether you're on the bus, you're on the plane, you're at the hotel, whether you're getting it, you're giving it to them, they're giving it to you, just fewer people you're involved with. Well, yeah, and if you do, I mean, just, think about it right if if these teams are already going to play twice anyway instead of having you know a trip there and back and a trip there and back you know for each team to do the home and yeah. the home and home now you just have one trip there and back for one team and, and the, the other team doesn't move so the, yeah you reduce your travel right there plus likely like less likelihood of uh players missing games it gives you more time because let's just say it's i would I don't know how we don't know how they're gonna do it, but I'm assuming they'll probably do them all Thursday and all Saturday, like five games at. And I don't know, they mix it up. Unless it's probably, I'm guessing it'll be a Thursday, Saturday, Wednesday, Friday schedule type of deal, like they typically do. So that gives you a week, basically a week off in between. So we'll see how it goes. But I do like the idea to give more leeway. This um, reduces exposure because if everybody's healthy, you don't have to worry about going somewhere else and 
look at Air Force football, and we'll get to New Mexico, Nevada basketball. But I like this idea. It's a smarter move. This is better than like the freaking NFL or college football. This wants to force through. The other thing too that I just thought about is that if you do have something come up, right, uh, uh, an infection that makes you miss time then you're only dealing with rescheduling with one team. Maybe if you miss mm-hmm. that weekend, you're not having to deal with trying to fit. You know, oh, what are you doing this weekend? And Four where teams, are you, yeah. I know in the conference play, that's probably a little easier because the scheduling is a little more uniform, but still just saying, Oh, Hey, we have to miss this weekend. Let's reschedule both of our games. Um, working with one team to do that instead of working yeah. with two teams. It seems a lot easier. All right. Let's just say there's a three series, just do a series by three series are canceled. You can make up that last week with no issue. Right. And you still play your games. Like, you're right. It's like better than missing, messing with three to five teams over a weekend than just two. Or maybe, you know, you get to that last week and it's, you know, before the Mountain West tournament and you still have a bunch of games to finish up. Heck, send them to a, bu- you know, whatever bubble your Vegas plan early. is for the tournament I mean, and just say, hey, play all the makeup games right now. Yeah. <laughs> right? Just go for it. Think, just knock them all out. Anything yeah. you didn't get to play, knock them all out. And then let's go to the tournament, you know, knowing the full season. I don't know. But that would be pretty cool. I would love to watch, you know, watch that. That would be uh, hopefully am, we don't have to have that many makeup games though. I am sure disappointed the bubble option didn't take place. Like play here, play there. It almost did. They took Craig Thompson talking about the mini bubbles. I know. Like, I know, man. I was I was rooting for you. I almost had it. Just like the college football playoff. Get more teams. All right. Uh, hey, but you never know. I don't think we're finalized. We're not done. No. Schedule. Here's the thing. <laughs> really quick. BYU football, they're still trying to add games. Teams are trying to add games. So it's out there. Oh All right. Before we get going, we have to do a quick note to our buddies at my bookie here. Um, hey, Andy, did you know if the, if the NFL playoffs go to 16 teams, eight in each conference, your Browns are in there at the eight seed right now? Is that right? Yeah, if they do, they're still it, in it. I, it's hard for me to believe it that late in the season. It, it's no kidding. We're almost halfway pointed. That's only if the playoffs expand. So, well, here's the thing: my bookie will probably have. Well, no, not probably. Definitely have odds on the Browns making the playoffs. Now, they will be even better odds if it expands to 16 teams total. So you got the NFL, college hoops, as we're talking about college football, which uh, we also talk about, but not on this podcast. So there's no shortage of games to watch. So you have thousands of lines, obviously. Favorite sports, which for this show, college basketball. I like college football. You like the Browns. So you can uh, bet on those underdogs, Browns, but not anymore. They're the favorites, right? Sort of, sometimes. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see over at my bookie. So if you're the type of guy who likes to place on the big favorites, like I mentioned, um, do a parlay. I saw a guy, it's on Twitter. I forget where it was at, but like they put a hefty six or $7,000 parlay and up putting like half a million. Why not try that? But maybe on a lower scale, depending on your budget, right? <laughs> well, I think I, I think one of my buddies. I'm not going to name names or anything, but I think he put in like five bucks uh, over the weekend and made like eight hundred dollars on some parlay. I did. I didn't look at his ticket too much, but I just saw he made a bunch of money. So tell him to, yeah, tell him to go to my bookie. Come on. So <laughs> underdogs obviously have all the value. The parlay NFL teams coming up, game spread, championship futures. It's like fantasy football player prop bet. So if we're saying. Um, I see uh, your your guy Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield needs to get two seventy five yards and two touchdowns. You could probably put five bucks on there. See what happens. So now, can I do a prop bet on how many uh, commercials he's going to do for the rest of the season? Go. I don't see why not. See if it's on there. <laughs> that might be a bit <laughs> too much, but uh, or how quickly he could put those covers of the sheets, right? Because hey, if it's the yeah. two of us, we can get done quicker. <laughs> but use the code <laughs> overtime to hook you up at my bookie. So if you use that code, you get a deposit to match. Uh, um, was it? Oh, should I? Um, 
50% deposit pods. Let's look at the right thing here. So 50% deposit. You put 200 bucks, you get a $100 deposit on there. So you get some free money. So if you happen to have a slow start, it's like, well, this is free money. So use that code OVERTIME to get your bonus and start today. All right, let's move on to New Mexico versus Nevada. Not in verse, but I guess uh, talking about it. But let's talk. <laughs> well, New Mexico. eventually, New Mexico first. Uh, we got to give some housekeeping here. Um, they can only practice what five players at a time, which is not ideal, right? <laughs> well, I mean, that's all you need to put on a team, and you know, so I guess at least it's not four. I guess you can. Uh, but yeah, no, definitely not ideal. You're um, what you do. You play the offense, and you put just those uh, football little dummies that flip over, or better yet, you get the Ivy League robots to tackle them robots to slowly move away and add noodle arms, so they're kind of woo like the little floaty guys with the with the um, fan underneath <laughs> to get in your way. But clearly uh, like not it. ideal. So. One thing we mentioned before, which everybody should realize if you don't know, New Mexico football is hanging out in Vegas right now because there's a two-week quarantine for anybody who comes to the state. Negative COVID test doesn't just doesn't uh, override that. So I don't know what non-conference schedule will have because that's how Wyoming's schedule is out. They're non-conference. I'm not sure what New Mexico can do. Maybe they could play New Mexico State because they're in the same state and play each other a couple of times, which probably be the case so we we don't know what their schedule will look like just because of the covid issues in the state of new mexico so that's something to keep an eye on. if they do leave the state they might be playing all road games like do what a swack school does or like an asun school where they're playing texas southern who goes on to play 15 buy games on the road to make their money so we'll keep out for that that, that'll have an issue with practice fatigue how they play there but that's just something to look out for when the season begins because technically well not technically officially november 25th but Lobos, like most other schools, don't have a schedule released yet. Yeah, there's nothing on the on the school website uh, listing any games for them right now. It's still just their last year's schedule. Uh, the roster's been updated, but no, no, no new schedule. So wait to see. <laughs> you know, I don't think you're going to see a UTEP game though. Probably. Yeah, because New Mexico State no. Aggies are trying to go there, and that got shut down by higher ups within the state, the governor, and others. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be. It's tough. It's like I just follow Jeff Graham on Twitter because he has both covered. So we we going through a couple of things he did, but it's basically practice is gonna be limited, which means it'll be sloppy play, and it'll be just uh, guess what? We're here for the ride for this call first call troop season, right? Is that all we can say? That's all. I mean, yeah, it's gonna be. It's going to be wild. Oh, speaking of wild, I don't know. Did you see the news? I, we didn't talk about this in the run-up before we got on. Sorry to not it's do the okay. preview no, no. for the team yet. Greg Marshall is apparently out by the end of the week. I did see that. Yeah. Um, okay, yeah. No, we did know that. So if you are, that's a tiny. So just is speaking of, you know, just a wild season. It's just. It yeah, he's a, stuff. was it player, alleged player abuse or something like that? Like almost a Bob Knight yeah. type of situation? Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so I mean, I don't, I don't think there's a lot of surprise there but just a big name on november 10th right in a normal year this would be day one greg marshall getting you know the news that greg marshall's gonna be let go on november 10th he'd be already be going in the season it's just no kidding it's wild so So i think jeff goodman has been on the story stadium is he a stadium right jeff goodman yeah okay i I used to be at cbs and espn wasn't sure so go check him on twitter i did notice that earlier but that's that's a big news for a coach to final four type coach a multi-million dollar coach in the missouri valley or no 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 no. sorry big east now they moved right wichita they're in the the american they i think yeah they spent like one weird year in the a10 i think but yeah they're in they've been in the american for a couple years years. well whatever they're a team that's moving on up so but that's hopefully everything gets us straightened out for 
whatever happened, and it's uh, if he uh, wrongdoing, he learns his lesson, doesn't do it again, and whatever happened to the other side, they uh, get repercussions, apologies, and whatever needs to be done to make it right. But Lobos it is. So what do we got for Lobos this year? They are a team where uh, Paul Weir's back. You're, you're four, correct? Coming in, yep. Three years, fourth season overall. Um, has not made NCAA tournament since he's been the coach, which is not good, right? No, it's not. And Lobos not are – I still remember one quick story. I know we got to go quickly, but I can give one quick story here. Me and Eli Bedker were doing a – at the March March Madness NCAA tournament, no, no, Mountain West tournament. It was the first year where most tip balls you get to start. While what's mm. he doing? Is that going to be a thing? It better not be a thing because I get the hustle aspect, but be a basketball coach, not a hustle coach, right? <laughs> yeah, Ugh, I don't know. So who would like the key players? Like who should we look out for? Like Lobos, I I don't think either of us are going to project them to win the conference. But again, anything can happen in twenty twenty. What this year is in twenty twenty one, but. They won 19 games last year. So they weren't bad last year. They were just a easy non-conference schedule. Middle, bottom, middle of the pack, seventh finish in the Mountain West last year. So they were just okay. But like, I know this is a weird year. But like, is Paul Weir on the hot seat for what Lobo's expectations are historically for basketball? I think he, I think he's got to be. Um, and I think what I was actually speaking of Eli Becker, I was just talking with him right before this. Uh, we were talking about uh, the Dave Pilipovich hire. And it's pretty interesting for a guy, you know, to hire on a guy with a ton of Mountain West experience to back up a guy who's had a shaky start to his Mountain West career. I don't know. I wonder if there's a little bit of signaling there to Paul Weir to say, hey, look, we've got someone who can take your job. So it's time for you you to start doing it. And you think Paul Bitch, obviously the former Air Force coach, would uh, be able to, uh, hey, I got the uh, discipline down because I'm looking right here. I'm looking, right. Here's they've had so many issues with that. What's the issue? Like Carlton Bragg, can't former Kansas transfer. Boom, gone. JJ Caldwell from Texas A&M suspended for the second out of the season. Jaquan Lyle, Ohio State transfer, and Avante Hendricks, Utah transfer, are also disciplined. And this is just last year, not kind of the year before, where there are other issues where the media kerfuffle, where I'm not talking to this, we're not doing this, I can't play, I'm not, we're back every other game. It's like. What the heck? <laughs> There's so many issues, and it is a mostly disciplined thing. Like Paul Weir needs to tighten the ship and get things going, and maybe having these players removed from the program is a good thing. Maybe that it was a moral thing. I don't want to put all the blame on the players like they did all the wrong things, but if you're disciplined or dismissed from the team, clearly something wasn't working between you and the coach, whether it's rule-breaking because or – Whatever it would maybe like, I don't want to blame the players of what happened, but no, no, no. But who but knows? I mean, they probably, also, they're knuckleheads. They're college certain, kids. Come on. Uh, just at a certain point, you know, if you're bringing in guys who have demonstrated that they've had issues before, how surprised can you really be if things come up again? And and again, not to put all the stuff on the players, but you got to look at the coaches who are making questionable judgments. You know, I'm not saying you don't give a guy a second chance because he they have screwed they did up. they clearly did. Uh, you second know, chances, I should say. Some, no, sorry, not screwed up, but they got multiple chances. At some point, you just gotta, you're out of here. And yeah, I don't know. It's like it's weird. It's like it's not. Here's the thing. It's just not good. And so now they have new players, and hopefully they get things going. Like I guess one guy out, and like Saquon Singleton, he was in our, our buddy Aztec Breakdown Twitter. Did the top uh, his top 15 players for the conference? So I appreciate that. So check that out. But he was on that list. He's probably or is going to be their best player. Like, he almost averaged a double-double. He had five assists as well when he was at his uh, prior place, community college. So, if he has a major – he should be 
could walk in and be their best player. Could. Yeah, I mean, it, the thing is, there's not there's not a lot of returning. That's, to, I think it's to hard to be the best player, <laughs> right? Yeah, I mean, I'm just looking at, at who who's back here. There's some good JUCO guys coming in. Valdir Manuel is another guy. Yeah, Rod Brown from who, Wichita State. Rod Brown, yep. So I mean, they've they've got talented guys who have had you know uh, success somewhere. Success somewhere, but you know they've moved around a little bit. It's you know a nomadic kind of a thing. You know, the guys wandering, <laughs> wandering the country and then finding their way to the you know oasis. But also, it's not a good thing either. Though. Really, it's like look at all the guys who kicked off. The, like everybody I mentioned, they're all transfers, and you bring in more transfers. Like this isn't Kansas football or Kansas, excuse me, Kansas State football, where they'll bring in transfers. It doesn't work. Like one guy who could be an interesting move is like Asane Nadatwe, I believe, seven one JUCO transfer from Kilgore, That's- Texas. Yeah, seven one. You want like we got Nemus Nemus Kada. We have other guys. We mentioned the Colorado State has a big guys. It's like you need a big guy in this league. I don't know how good he'll be, but you want size. He's clearly their largest man by far on the roster. He's coming as a junior, like whatever. He's fifty five percent shooting his prior place. He's a decent rebounder. Has that size. They're going to need that to compete against whether it's just a defensive guy or putbacks or something. Having size will help, and he's like there's nobody like there's a six six nine guys, but it's like there's nobody big like a Baron Matis or Mattis whatever six nine. He's a freshman. How much is he gonna play? Come on. And so seven one two forty like they not that they're gonna build around him, but he's a huge stout guy that can definitely help them defensively and get some easy back baskets or buckets whatever you call it basket bucket same thing. But <laughs> size is huge in this league. What you need to be successful like going against Nemus will be tough. Going up against all these other guys will be difficult, but have him there, like it may take him in to get going because again, can only practice with so few people. He is going to be, I think, could be potentially a sleeper type guy to um, be an impact player. I mean that that would be interesting. I it's hard to argue with size like that, right? And I mean it's the same reason why a guy like Asane Joof over at Fresno State caught my eye because mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, I mean this is just a a very large human and I, I have to imagine it's going to be hard to score baskets on this guy. So uh, yeah. And if they can add in some offensive game to that as well, that could be huge, but yeah, I just, I look at this team. Um, it's all new guys. That's a problem. McQuatch Malawatch is a guy I like, you know, but not as a, as a main piece. He's a, he's a role play. I don't know about role player, but he's a, a complimentary kind of glue glue player that I, that I like, I don't know that I like him as, you know, a featured part of the offense necessarily he scored 9.6 points per game. It's not like he can't score, but I just don't know that he's going to necessarily be, you know, the kind of option that you want to be in your top two or three options necessarily either. Uh, so yeah, Saquon Singleton, uh, manual Rod Brown and Jai, all the Juco guys need to step up a guy like Kurt Wegscheider, maybe too, um, providing a little bit more some scoring punch because there's question marks in the backcourt. I made a mistake. I, my my sm- stuff was smudged here. It's Baron and Matos. <laughs> my sm- the print's so tiny it looks like an E. But like here's the here's the big issue for this team. We'll move on to Nevada really quick. They only returned one starter, essentially 33 games. Um, what you mentioned Maluch there. You know how many points they lost last year from players? They lost all the guys I mentioned. Four of those guys double digit scores. 
Mm-hmm. So like Bragg, twelve po- over twelve points. Lyle, fourteen points. You had Vance Jackson, eleven points. You had Hendricks, eight point eight. Like um, Hancoria, Mc- Mc- geez, Mangle. I cannot. I need to get glasses. I cannot read tonight. Like <laughs> four or five guys with t- ten plus points per game gone. They're losing like 70, 60 points off this roster. Where's it going to come from? Not these freshmen or transfers. I Kurt Wegscheider. It's all going to come from him. Uh, really? <laughs> I okay. I don't know, man. Sure. Uh, no, like, yeah, they're like most people have them in the bottom third. Like with this production loss, like they might be in Air Force San Jose State territory this year. I think they are. Honestly, Ooh. I mean, I, I that's where. That's but but I I mean, <laughs> not really. I say that based on not knowing not seeing any of this team come together before how much of this team is juco guys from all over the place and new freshmen you know how many of these guys have played together before it's a problem yeah like they it's might not be a good. lot there's like, like four or five guys who were on last year's team it's yeah, yeah they yeah. might get what six non-conference games or any because of the restrictions like how many non-con games can they play because they played in mexico state every four days <laughs> <You're> <laughs> they like, might have best to of, best of seven I mean, <laughs> can you can you count an intrigue Squad scrimmage as a non-conference game. I don't know. There, there's probably some D two or those lower. Like there was some school last year, a couple years ago. Some NAIA they actually went there to play for some reason. I forget exactly why, but so I think like I'm going to say they're going to finish ninth in the league. Yeah, I that's that's where I think I would have. I, I, I I'm looking at a team like Wyoming or Fresno State or. I don't know. Those are some other teams that are right there in that kind of seven to nine range. I like I like both Wyoming and Fresno State better than I like this roster right now. Once I see it, I might be proved wrong, you know, very quickly. Yeah. And I will be the first to come out and say I was wrong about it. But I got I so I went the other way last year. I saw the transfers coming in. I saw, you know, some exciting stuff and I thought, hey, this team's gonna do it. I think I put them top three don't, maybe in the league. Don't and, get fooled, man. Sure. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. So this time I'm going to go the other way. And hey, if I'm wrong again, I'm wrong again. But yeah, I agree with you. I think ninth is a pretty good place to put these guys. All right, let's move on to Nevada. Not Nevada, Nevada people. Get it right because that's an issue all the time that people bring it up. <laughs> yeah, and, and not UNR either. Which Raj, I've learned we're looking in, at you. Quit doing that. Which I have learned in my time covering uh, for Mountain West Wire. Yeah, it's it. So. No, it's okay. No big deal. You're, you got it. It's fine. So, Nevada Wolfpack, this is year two of our good buddy Steve Alford. 19, hey, did you know they had the same record as New Mexico last year? 19 and 12? Or no, 19 and 14 for New Mexico. Same number of wins, I should say. So, year two of Steve Alford, we know who he is. Um, he wasn't going to come in and pull off at Muscleman and be amazing year one. So, they do lose a couple of guys like off to the NBA draft and potential be picked in the, geez, next week, NBA draft coming up quickly. Right. So this team, what they did last year really good was score a lot of points. Same with, same as New Mexico, ton of points. They were a top thirty, top thirty-five team in scoring, scoring defense atrocious. So like New Mexico and Nevada, good thing we're doing them together. They're almost splitting images of each other. Look in the mirror because they're crappy on defense. They score a lot of points. They were uh, about the same in rebounding, but they just scored and they lose points. about seventy points of scoring off their you know off their I, team. Oh, I know, like Jalen Harris is gone, Jazz Johnson is gone, Lindsey <laughs> Drew is gone. Um, it's just years, crazy years, how, years. how similar those uh, they've lost yeah, so many points. And were, well. mm-hmm. Is Robbie Robinson going to save the day for them? The one returning starter, I believe. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think uh, I actually I, I kind of like KJ Himes, I think, a little better than uh, Robbie Robinson as in terms of returning guys, but it's the transfers I'm excited about. So, which ones are you looking forward to? 
So Desmond Cambridge, uh, he came over last year and sat out. He was at Brown before, but in his two seasons for Brown, he averaged 17 points as a freshman and almost 16 as a sophomore. This guy, come on, kidding. Sorry. Uh, He's uh, great on defense as well. I think uh, he, let's see. Larry Muniz uh, on our Mountain West Wire basketball staff mm-hmm. did the, the like the five for twenty one defense list, and I believe Cambridge was on that list because um, he averaged over a steal and over a block per game in both seasons as a guard. So, for, as a guard for the block, yeah, a six six four guard for the Brown Bears in the Ivy League. Come I on, mean, the centers in Ivy League are six seven. Give me a break. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I crashed on Ivy League tonight, but no, there's some good teams. Ivy League, Princeton's good, Harvard's usually good. But no, you're right. Yeah. If you're a guard and can block that, but transfers are they're part of a program. What well, this is a continuing off the muscleman train, bringing guys in, and like this team more like there. It's hard. It's again, this team is going to be hard to judge because of no, nobody. Here's the thing: I'm not going to like people going to practice. You can't go to practice anymore. There's going to be very few non-conference games. It's hard to tell. If all these new guys coming in, the coaches can just say, oh, I didn't hear any Zoom call, medium, sorry, spring it up here, frozen. Oh, we got kicked off, sorry. Oh, we're done, time's up. Oh, we wasted four minutes trying to figure that out. So <laughs> there's a lot of issues, which I hope they don't continue going on. But losing the talent they did, they're going to be a little bit – I like their roster, like you mentioned, touch better than New Mexico. Like if they get these transfers in or they get like um, Trey Coleman, three-star guy, but he's like tiny, 6'7", 185. you got to put some muscle on there. And so they're going to need to have guys who it's like similar to Mexico, like play together. Like they bring in some guys from like French, a Frenchman who played all 31 games last year, like uh, Kane Milling. Like he's a decent guy. Like they're going to have to have guys who will know in like four games, Andy, what's going on because four to five games, like, oh, this is the starter. This is the guy who's going to be leading the offense. This is your rebound. And we'll know shortly on of who those guys are, but are they going to be consistent? We'll see. And I'm not sure on Nevada practices. I know they're limiting practices overall for like big groups, so mostly impacts football, not basketball. But Alfred's a good coach. Like we see when he's in other locations. Um, maybe we don't go to UCLA, mention UCLA as much, but just saying, like when he was in Mexico, <laughs> he did really good. And so I think it's just a matter of time before he gets his roster going. And this is a year where he has more of his own guys coming in, whether it be transfers or not. But it's just a thing where once he gets going and gets players he wants, and yeah, he lost a lot. Like Jalen Harris could be might be drafted next week. So we can mention guys like the Robbie Robinson guys started all those games. Um I think they're going to score points like they did last year, but it's a it's again too soon to tell with basically the players who are back, majority of them didn't get a ton of playing time or weren't very productive overall because when you're getting five to ten minutes a night, it's hard to show up on the stat sheet. Yeah. So two more names that I do want to point out. Um, one is Grant Sherfield from Wichita State, actually, to bring them back up. Um, so he transferred. He was one of the the guys, you know, in that early exodus out of Wichita State. Not surprisingly, his waiver was uh, approved uh, back in September. So he is probably going to slot in as the point guard from day one, I would imagine, for Steve Alford here. And that that's a big deal. Uh, he's only a sophomore, but he's going to play right away. And he might not be there right away, but this is a young team. The only senior on this team right now is Zane Meeks. So if these guys stay together, if you don't get a Jalen Harris who leaves after you know his junior year, you could have something really building here. For a guy like Steve Alford, 
he knows how to build things, I think, given some time. Oh, and so, he has I, a tenure contract, so he's uh he's like has the John Gruden um golden um yeah basketball contract. <laughs> right? So well, and then we were we were talking about a seven footer over for uh, New Mexico that you were you know uh, yeah. all about. The seven nice. footer that I'm all about for Nevada is Warren Washington, former Oregon State Beaver player, my hometown of Corvallis, Oregon. So you know, gotta rep the guy. But he's he was good. He played for OSU. He didn't get a lot of um, he didn't get a lot of time. But I remember a few games he came in and he was an impact guy. He's got skill. And he, from what I've seen kind of following him since he transferred, because he transferred last year and sat out uh, like Cambridge did. Um, he added weight, which was one of the things that he needed to do. He was you know, pretty skinny when he was at OSU. Uh, it looks like he's added some weight. And so if you've got a seven-foot guy who can, like we've talked about, you know, if, who can – give you some things on offense, give you some things on defense. You know, that can be another pretty quick game changer. And he's another guy with two more years of eligibility after this one. So maybe three, because um, this year's a free year essentially if they want to. Oh, right. Yeah. 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 Good call. <laughs> right. So yeah. So I think, yeah, I kind of forgot about that too. <laughs> like, okay. This year's so strange. It's, it's beyond. Like, yes. I'm looking at the roster and I'm like, oh man, they'll all be back next year. It's like, well, everybody's going to be back if next they, year. If, if they, they want to be back, be. you can be back. And that's what this team, you mentioned yeah. one senior. I, I don't know if he's a scholarship guy, but they have room to bring it. Like, here's what it's going to be for Alfred. Besides being a weird year, if these guys want to come back, they can all come back without losing any eligibility, which they'd all be back anyway. So it's not like they would, the roster would be the same regardless. Right. So point being is with what they have coming back like this year okay let's say they finished six six in the mountain west conference again or something middle of the pack or they what they were uh actually tied for second last well whatever they're that's last year don't who cares let's say they finished fifth or sixth middle of the pack they're sort of competitive here sort of there just because of what's going on due to new team they're play San Diego State and lose both games. I mean, you can't beat Boise State, can't beat these teams at the top of the conference. You split with Fresno and stuff like that where you're you're still learning your team. This is a team that's set up for next year where with everybody back and Alfred, being Alfred as good a coach he is, he'll get this team going. I think this is kind of like a building year to almost like what we mentioned with Colorado State, but not quite, where the Rams are going to be better than this Nevada team in, I think, both of our opinions. But it'll be a team where the window to play and be really good is sooner than later. I would put CSU mm -hmm. up like next year, next season, Nevada should be back in the top third of the conference with San Diego State um, and the other good teams. Like UNLV will be moving up. But I think they're in the same scenario of Colorado State where it's the same thing. Look, new coach, newish coach, year two, both these guys are coaching the conference. New guys, they have Nevada, the only difference, Nevada doesn't have like um, a, a scoring or legit star at the moment. That's the only difference between them and CSU. But I think they have the Not same. Yet. Well, I mean, that, I mean that we know of. I mean, no, but Desmond, no. Desmond Cambridge could be that guy, maybe. That's all I'm saying. No, I know. I'm just saying just proven at the moment. I'm sorry. A proven. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Guy. No, I'm with you. I'm with you. And so it could be where, yeah, we'll have, there will be a guy that stands out, but how will they be? An all conference guy, top 10 guy, we'll see. But I think with like Stu Valford, if we go through the coaches in the conference, he's like one of the best coaches from what we see in overall, like specifically in New Mexico. Like, you yeah, know. I mean, I, I don't see, I don't think it's unreasonable to think that. Steve Alford with this, with his experience and a pretty talented roster could squeeze out just as much as let's say TJ Otzelberger with mm -hmm. UNLV's rod. You know, I don't see why those two teams have to be 
that much, you know, that much separating those two teams. Um, even though maybe on paper UNLV looks a lot better, I think Alfred brings you he brings you experience and stability mm-hmm. and things that I mean I, I like Coach DJ. It's not a, nothing against him. It's just uh, yeah, I think that having that experienced coach really does help you bridge that gap. And it's a, something that a guy like Paul Weird does not inspire in me the same way that Steve Alford does. So how do you think this team will finish up this year? Are they going to be like kind of a lower third middle? I think they're going to be in the middle. I'm going to, you know, I think sixth, like you said, is pretty good for them. I, I could I think they'll be in the top three, probably four or five would be the ceiling, but I don't think they drop lower than seven either. I think that this team is, you know, I think maybe if a team like Fresno state or Wyoming really has a big year, they might push Nevada to seven or something Mm -hmm. like that. But I I think Nevada slotting in at four, five, six probably makes the most sense. Maybe it'll probably be like a three-way tie. (laughs) Yeah, I I can see that. But also I wouldn't be too surprised if they were to pull off, just because of coaching wise, upset or two at the top of the conference, like maybe a Boise or Utah State or UNLV or something, where oh, they might be able to split yeah, with those. I, I think it's much more likely that they would fall upwards than fall down. You know, yeah. I, they're they're much closer to Utah State than they are to Air Force and in with terms the, of their yeah. With the schedule skill. thing too, we'll wrap up here. But like playing those every other day, like the whatever the game Tuesday Thursday schedule or Thursday Saturday. Like if you have a hot game Thursday, that could translate to game number two in the series. Like you could have a team's number. If you like humili- humiliate a team or destroy them, you got a lot of confidence for every pull from an upset. That makes the second game, it makes it more interesting of what's going on. It's like if the first game's a blot, whatever, second game, who cares? But if that first game goes down to the wire, buzzer beater, both teams will be hyped to play that second game. And so we could see yeah. a lot of fun games. And that could be uh, just a unique situation for how the league goes for every game. And I just thought of that with Nevada here. It's not that it'll happen to them, but if like an underdog pulls off that first victory or plays really close, like, oh, we're good and we're in this, but if you get blown out, it's like, oh boy, what are we going to do here? But yeah, I think best case might be fifth for them, which fine, build up to next year. Like you lost all that talent. If you're in the middle of the pack by losing your entire team, essentially go for it. Yeah. Anything else to add here before we wrap it up? Any other Nevada Nuggets? Lobo's uh, uh just a little bit uh for Nevada's schedule. Uh we know a little bit more about them than we do for New Mexico. So just a couple non-conference things here. Uh looking at Rocco Miller's site right now. Nevada is in the big large golden window event thing in Lincoln, Nebraska. I'm not sure exactly who they're playing there. Uh, it looks like they are hosting Pacific and they've got a fun one. They they have agreed to play San Francisco. Uh, twice this year oh, they're doing right, yeah. a home there yeah so they'll be in reno on december 2nd and then in san francisco on december 6th it's a dayton game looking here that dayton game was part of the um challenge oh yeah so there that got go. swapped out so yeah get a couple of, and i guess they're supposed to play at ut arlington tbd i'm not sure if that's changed or if this article i'm reading is old but what you remember uta used to be a team that scored a million points a game so if that if they're still doing that same thing that could be a fun game too yeah, well, and just remember, too, if you're listening, um, all of these schedule updates probably be outdated by tomorrow morning, right? Time, time so. to get pause here in like two seconds. So, again, yeah. we'll have the schedules coming out when everything's going for the whole league and everything. But uh, that's it for this show. We'll be back. Uh, we got a couple more shows, so we got to wrap up the rest of the conference for teams. Uh, season begins in like two weeks. So check us out, MWR.com. Go to our um, podcast, subscribe. Check out the website. Obviously, Media Day is already here and gone, so we'll have some articles on that. So if you missed it, Go check out that, and we'll see you next time.